Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where to geek, geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves to talk about ethical consequences in films. Frank, how are you today? I am doing fantastic today. How are you, my friend? I am doing quite well. Frank, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a Jack's Abbey uh, Citra Brow Dry Hopped Ale. Citra Ale. Um, made with Citra Hops, if that wasn't clear. Um, and it's uh, it's delicious. I love Jack's Abbey. They make they make some great stuff. But I, I recommend the Citra Brow. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite delicious. It's chef's kiss. Good for you. Yes. Excellent. Frank, I am drinking a Michelob Ultra because it's low in carbs and kind of beery. That's that's the end. But <laughs> that's kind of beery. <laughs> that's, that's that's kind the of beery. Highest compliment you can give it is it's kind, kind of, of beery. That's the kind. That's what I got to drink for for the foreseeable future. It's gonna be it's gonna be in that like otherwise it's gonna become gin with geeks real fast. I mean, I'm fine you know, with that. That's always I mean, been fun every time you've done that. I know, I know, it's a blast. But I can't do it every week. I'll right, I'll, right, I'll die. So I won't die, not even remotely. Well, if but, you die, uh, if you die, we'll just bring you back on the podcast. We'll 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 computer generate your voice and bring you back. Oh no my one god, will even Frank, though you were gone. The segue that that was was simply tremendous. Um, <laughs> because we're we're going to talk about the ethical, um, technological quandary of bringing deceased actors uh, and using their likeness or previous footage back from the dead at the behest of studios but then at the uh at the acknowledge from the acknowledgement of their families or their estates or whatever yeah this is all spawned because uh there's a company i that uh name escapes me for the moment because i did zero research before talking about all of this um they're you know they're reusing old footage unused footage of james dean to create a movie it's even uh, more than that they're creating a cgi they're bringing him back to life with cgi so they're doing oh, yeah. like okay. a, like so a, a Tarkin in rogue yeah. one but they're going to have an actor stand in for him um and and they're going to so have another another actor do his voice okay so this is a so th- so that means that this is that actor is playing james dean playing a character correct right so it so I guess the question is so like how is this any different than that actor standing in for Peter Cushing for Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One? It's not. It's not different, I don't think. It sounds like they're doing exactly the same thing. But so the then, well, but here is the difference though. That was that was not done as a like starring Peter Cushing. 
That's true. They're using James Dean as like a and 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 granted, I think because this is still sort of experimental, and let's let's face it, the t- technology is not a hundred percent there just yet. It's close, but not a hundred percent. They are. I think he's like a secondary actor in this in this movie. I think he's a supporting character, not a lead he, character. He is a supporting character, but apparently he has like an arc and everything like that. I think it's a Vietnam movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yes, pretty sure right. Viet- yes, it's called you, Finding Jack. Um, and so I believe it's a saving Vietnam. private Ryan, but Vietnam <laughs> essentially. And, uh, yeah, it is, it is going to be, it is going to be the, the resurrection of James Dean. Um, do you think that this is also strange because James Dean died under tragic circumstances? It's definitely, I mean, that definitely makes it a, a lot more strange. No doubt. No doubt about that. Um, but I, I'm I'm a, a little bit to me this feels like, and I know we disagree on this a little bit, but I am already sort of fatigued by how many remakes and how many reboots and, sure. and how much stuff is, uh, you know, not not super original in filmmaking. And we've had this debate before where you've pointed out like films have always been based on books, they've always been based on existing and 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 let's face it, no story is new. There's only seven stories in the entire world and we're just we mm-hmm. can't be telling them. I'm I'm I understand all of that. But this feels like lately in Hollywood there has been what feels to me like a pretty naked cash grab of like, okay, let's just reboot this franchise again for the fifth time. Mm-hmm. Um and to me this feels like we're now we've rebooted so many stories that now we're like, let's reboot people. Like, let's just, you know what? Pe- we know that people will go to the movies to see this kind of story. So let's keep making this kind of story. We know that they'll go to see this IP. So let's keep rebooting this IP. Now it's like, we know they'll go to the movie theater to see this person. So let's bring this person back because I know that a Clark Gable movie is going to do well, or I know a James Dean movie is going to do well. Like it feels like they're just sort of what will sell, what will bring people into a theater here you go, James Dean back from the dead. There is a company, and I'm, I'm putting links in the show notes to this stuff. There's a company, like a talent management company, CMG Worldwide, that has been buying up the um, likenesses to lots of uh, departed celebrities, including Burt Reynolds, Christopher Reeve, Neil Armstrong, lots of others. And the CEO of this company has said, this opens up, this James Dean thing, opens up a whole new opportunity for many of our clients who are no longer with us. So they are going to turn this into a business model of leasing out the likenesses that they own um, to make movies with dead people. Have here, make a new Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Go for it. You know, that kind of thing. Isn't that a thing that George Lucas was doing? Wasn't he buying yeah. celebrity likenesses for yeah, the Golden I don't, Age? I don't remember where I read that, but he he ha- was apparently buying like I want to say he bought um uh yeah he bought a lot of like classic like forties uh like Golden Age of of Hollywood um stars he bought their likenesses and apparently there was like rumors that he was waiting for the technology to catch up so he could like make a movie that had like all these big stars in it again. Um, but that feels like more, he's a film geek, you know, he, yes, opening up a film museum or opened up a film museum. Um, I don't know if it's the, the, it's in Chicago. I don't know if it's open from Chicago. It's in LA now. (gasps) What? Yeah. The lobbyists, uh, voted it down, but, um, but yeah, so it's going to be a shame. I I won't get to LA to go to that, but I I would like Chicago's so much closer and cheaper (laughs) to get to. I know. I know. But anyway, he's a film nerd. I feel like he would be, if he were to do that, it would be more out of like 
to to have done it like just like oh wouldn't this be a cool thing to do in like playing it's with film technology how george lucas made everything wouldn't this be yeah. cool to do it and then he did it and it wouldn't was it be cool. cool to have an entirely cgi character in this film and then the, you know, there's jar jar you know like that that kind of thing like experimenting with film because he likes to push the boundaries mm-hmm. um but this like the cmg worldwide thing and the james dean thing feel like for money like it's a cash grab is what it feels like to me but what what's do you feel differently or no am I too cynical I, uh, no, I don't think so. I I'm of two minds because if like say, so like, okay, so here's so so um Carrie Fisher died. You know they're gonna use her likeness and old footage to um in Rise of Skywalker. Um Paul Walker died. They got his you know his brother to play him and be the CGI face to give him a send off. These are, um, these the these two examples are ways of saying goodbye to characters, um, and then you have grandma stuff like Grandma Tarkin, that is, uh, Peter Cushing has been uh, deceased for many years, and uh, he is in a that likeness is an established part of a pre-existing story. That's right, uh, and so and that his likeness. I'm pretty sure was sold over to Lucasfilm just the way that like George Lucas owns like the, the likeness to Carrie Fisher, you know, like to princess mm-hmm. cause he owns the likeness of princess Leia. Therefore he owns like her face basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or he, you know, he did own her face. Um, cause she's, she's talked about that quite frequently. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and I don't know if Peter Cushing is the same deal, but that's kind of what it is. That's why you can like publish a book called Tarkin and have Peter Cushing's face on the front of it. Even though, um, even though he's not allowed to say that's okay. Now, nobody really raised a stink, too big a stink about Tarkin, right? Everyone was more interested in like if the technology was going to work or not work, as opposed to it being like, oh well, he's dead, and how do we feel about that? But I think that's because he's a, he was a pre-established character. Mm. This is creating a new character that could go to any actor, but instead it's going to a man from the past played by two different people and a computer for reasons. Because you're not really watching James Dean. And I think that's the thing. You're really watching Grand Moff Tarkin or Princess Leia or something like that because they're they're playing that character. You're watching two actors play an actor play a character and that that's a whole different that's a whole different category and i know that say like actors celebrities whatever they know that their face will exist long past their life right yeah. that's part, yeah yeah that true. is part that like you're going to be in the movies that movie's going to exist past your death you know like betty davis like what a dump you know like we're yeah, going to yeah. listen to betty davis say that for years and years and years years past her Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, like these people who were revered in their day, we could still see them anytime we want, but they are characters. They, in life, chose to play those characters to put themselves on screen that way. James Dean did not choose to play a man, a soldier in Vietnam. Right. His estate decided that his likeness can be used to play a soldier in Vietnam. And that's not the same thing. Like, are we going to, like, 
it, is this guy to the moment where they're going to approach Joaquin Phoenix and they're like, how would you like to play River? Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. like, you know, and it just, but how would you like to play River, not River, but playing a character? And I think that's where I think it gets really weird. So a part of me says their likeness has been out there. That's part of being on film. But they get, they should also, they had the choice of, sometimes of like what to put out there and what not to put out there. And now that doesn't exist anymore. So if, if like, let's say what, what if that actor, what if James Dean would have been morally opposed to being in a movie about Vietnam, but now that he's dead, you can just put him in a movie. Mm. But also we know it's not James Dean. We know it's not him. So right. does it matter? What's the difference now between say like watching, a CG'd version of James Dean versus somebody dressed as James Dean doing the same yep. thing. Yeah. Like looking like him. Oh, we got this guy that looks like James Dean to play this character or this biopic on this guy revealing their dark and dirty secrets that even though they're sure. dead. Sure. I see. What I So those are all really interesting, like ethical, moral questions that you're asking. And, and a lot of those, I, I, I mean, I find all of that fascinating, right? I, cause you're right. Like on, on, from a certain point of view, um, from a certain point of view, you have to say it right, Frank. View, yeah, thank you. There is there is not a ton of difference, not a world of difference between someone, you know, playing uh, playing someone in a, in, a, in a movie versus like, and then maybe if we had just sweetened that up a little bit and made them look really, really like that that person, like there's not a lot of difference. We know it's not really James Dean. The same way that we know. Oh God, I'm trying to think of any biopic, but like you know, we know that it's not really Charlie Chaplin; it's Robert Downey Jr. Whatever, right? Random. It's pull. not. It's not Judy Garland. It's Renee Zellweger. There you go. Um, so like we know that, and even it's if not. She looks. It's not Fred Rogers. It's Tom Hanks. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. To be very recent. Very very current. The um, movie was amazing, by the way. I can't wait to see it. I can't it wait. was I'm so. It was giving. It was so good. Um, we have a family. Uh, my wife uh, and her family we have a Thanksgiving movie tradition, so we're going to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I, I, like, I know that's Tom Hanks. I know it's not really Fred Rogers. And even if they make him look a lot like Fred Rogers, I know it's not him. Mm -hmm. So what's really the difference if, like, I know that's not James Dean? It just looks a lot like him. Um, except, except that James Dean is a big was a big box office draw and he's legendary right and and to your point earlier there is all this lore around him because he died so young and you know he made this really big splash in hollywood and then was was tragically killed too soon so they're it, they're cashing in on all of that is is the thing that that bothers me about it right because even the george lucas thing and i did find an article about it where he talked about like oh you know maybe one day um you know, we could we could make these these movies with uh, Barbara Stanwyck and Orson Welles or whoever. Um, I, he his his idea was more of like this would be a cool film experiment, not like I'm gonna I'm gonna make all this money by cashing in on these dead people. Um, I guess that's the part that bothers me about it the most. Um, I, I had a I had a a really interesting realization. You know, um, the Martin Scorsese film, uh, The Irishman. Yes. Right. So we've got De Niro and Pacino. Um, uh, they're they're back, and they're being de-aged, 
right? And and that's like the whole film is like here's these these old guys um, who are young guys, who are young guys who are being de-aged. The funny thing is, what's like the first big break Robert De Niro had? Um, Playing a young Vito Corleone. Right. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, right. I should. I literally just watched that movie in the theater Did just really? a couple weeks ago. I should oh, have nice. said that immediately. So his first big break was playing a young Vito Corleone, which like is a thing that wouldn't happen now because they would just de-age Brando. If that uh, were yes. Today, right. Yep. That's Isn't right. It kind of funny and ironic about that that he's now in a film where he's playing himself younger, but basically his career. I mean, not this is overstating it, but like no, his but his kind of started when he played a younger Brando. Wow, that's crazy when you put it in those terms. I will reuse that point when Palmer and I do our Academy Rewind episode on Godfather 2. All right. That is, that's a, that's a really, really, really excellent point because this is, because, well, so here, there's two minds about this. So you could argue that you're taking jobs away from actors like De Niro, right? You know, like his career was built upon playing a younger version of another actor so or another character. So you are potentially robbing that actor of the world of a chance to do that. However, by having them play a CGI deceased actor, you're giving two actors jobs to but then not, go off. But not a career. Like not may, like a name, well, not name recognition. Maybe, Unless it's may, like an Andy Circus thing that's where what like I was there's gonna, such that's a prodigy was, at it that, that we're, we're right. like, oh man, this guy is so good at playing dead people. Right. That's what I was that's what I was that's what I was gonna say. So like not even just that like they were so good at playing that but i mean like i like tell me the guy who played tarkin you know what i mean uh, i couldn't right exactly so there's there there again there are two sides to that i think at the end of the day it comes down to the deceased actors don't have a choice and their estate for however long that's existed is making the decision for them which is not the same and uh i personal personal experience with the like deciding like where somebody's face goes after they die with it like a personal uh like it's weird like it's weird it's very i can like honestly say it's very it is a strange strange thing to have to contemplate and then the the question of well what would they want well they'd probably hate this then why are we doing it right you know and those are like those are questions that come up all the time but the further away you get from the person knowing the person they don't really have that connection anymore does the does James Dean's estate actually have a connection to James Dean anymore i don't or, think he had any kids or anything so it's not like it's his you know his grandchildren or something right so i think it's his like siblings and their families and so forth but he died so long ago like so, like, I had an uncle that passed away in the 70s, like, and, like, if someone said, like, oh, do you want to use his likeness on this thing or something like that, I'm like, I, I, I didn't even know him. I don't know. Right. You know, like, I don't, like, I can only know what I know from family stories and this and that, but at, from the estate of James Dean, like, they know his movies. And, and I don't know. I still think a part of it is weird because it's James Dean. I think if they were, like, it's, Orson Welles. I think people would be like less inclined to be up in arms about it because Orson Welles like led a long successful life and he died of a heart attack or something like that when he was when he was fairly older. You know, like that's 
that's much different than the J like the tragic hero James Dean of Hollywood. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. There's definitely there's definitely something about that. I, I think um I think there's a couple of I mean, I think it's also just why are we it feels very cynical to be like, you know what? This is a guarantee that a movie starring this per this person used to be a big box office draw. Crowds love them. Mm-hmm. Let's just do sort of the it's not not to call it easy, but let's like default to this because we know this is we feel like this is a sure thing rather mm-hmm. than take risks and make new movies with new people and and move forward let's look backward and and use use their likeness use the, the same way you use an ip to be like this will put butts in seats like yes yeah. this, uh, this is a, a superhero movie or this is a uh you know charlie's angels right or terminator like people like this franchise let's make a new movie in, in this franchise it feels like almost turning these people into a franchise and saying, people like James Dean movies, let's make a James Dean movie. Yeah. We can't do that. He's dead. Let's make him undead. You know, like, that's what it feels like to me, and that just feels uninspired, uncreative. It's one thing to to say, you know what would make this movie even more special? It would be perfect if I wish we could. This would be the perfect story to to put Peter Cushing in it. Well, guess what? We can um, and it's another to be like, how do we get people to the theater? Tell them James Dean's in the movie. It's funny because like the the release of the article and then the subsequent like statements from people afterwards where they were like not expecting this kind of virtual, you know, from from people is that they felt like this was the perfect role for and that James might be Dean. True. This, might, this so, might actually be a fantastic movie and maybe having him in it will be an outstanding thing. Mm hmm. But I'm still a little bit creeped out and and a little saddened even by what it represents. Yeah, that's kind of where I am, too. You know, it weirdly reminds me of the Futurama episode, the Lucy Lubot episode. Oh, we're like, don't date robots. You know, like that's kind of like where this is like playing at. Like it's going in a weird direction where you're just putting somebody's likeness on somebody else and then you get them to do exactly what you want. So like what if like. So let's say you want to do like Laura B- Lauren Bacall or something like that, or you know Rita Hayworth, and you're like that. Oh, this movie now calls for a sex scene. Like you're gonna have like CGI Rita Hayworth. Like how does Rita Hayworth feel about that? Yeah. You're like where do you draw the where do you draw the line at what's acceptable and not acceptable? Yeah, yeah. I think that's true too. I think that's true too. And like you said, you know, the estate can't always. Um... The, can't always figure those things out or or maybe they're not the best arbiter of that. So it, it, there is sort of this ethical question of like, would this person want to, like, would they consent to this if they were still around? And and should their, you know, removed relatives, uh, distant relatives, 70 years later, be the ones making that decision? I don't know if that's fair. Right. No, I don't know if it's fair. I don't know if it's fair at all. And I, I think that's where, like, I, I think that's where we have to really draw the line. Unless, of like, of course, there is, like, let's say this is a thing going forward, and then people, I mean, because you know it's going to be a thing in, con- like, it's already a thing in contracts when you sign for movie studios that they can use your face in other things. And, yep, like, so. Yep, yep, yep. I, and this I, is not be- necessarily new. I mean, they've, the, like, people have been, like, the old studio system from the Golden Age oh, was like, yeah. you work for us, you're going to be in this movie, I don't really care how you yeah. feel or we think or whatever your career you only make movies for us that's right yeah, and right. that means you, you dress how we say you say what we want and you know like that's that's part of being a star baby that's what they said and 
they say the the star system is gone. It's really not. It's mm-hmm. now the franchise system. Right. You know, so the franchise stars have to say certain things, look a certain way, do a certain way, like you, you know, and then once they're done playing those characters, then they can go off and like be, right. Right. you know, regular yeah. Joes again. But They may not be, you know, a contract player to one studio, but they did sign up to make five Marvel movies, so they have to come back and make five Marvel movies, you know, so yeah, in a sense, it's like, eh, right. it's not Yeah, the right, same, Chris Evans, but... you, be- you better be noble and chivalrous and not do anything messed up while you're playing Captain America, right. you know. Right, and you have an image to keep up. That's right. And so, and after that, I mean, I don't think there's any, like, I don't think that there's any coincidence, say, that, like, the first movie Chris Evans does after not being Captain America is a murder mystery in which he he plays a, like, not a nice person. Scallywag, yeah. Scallywag, yeah. So, like, that's that's not an accident. That's true. That's true. It's like, ah, I I want to break free. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Do you have any final thoughts? I feel like we need to to wrap here. Do you have any final thoughts on uh, on all of this? W- would you will you see this James Dean movie? I do, honestly I don't know. A part of me is a part of me is curious, like just to just because sometimes the context of the film makes a huge difference into into how it's played and not played, and, and if it's ethically weird or not ethically weird sometimes that makes a it makes a big difference and then a part of me says like i don't want to support this because even just going to even just going to see it is going to even just going to see it is going to be like weird and it it, it will encourage this practice right like they'll be like see we were right using him to draw people in the theater worked so we're going to keep doing it um yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see it. I guess it depends if it looks like a good movie. Like, if it looks like a movie I would see anyway, then I might go see it. But if it if it's like I wouldn't be seeing this except for the curiosity of it, I'll probably just wait till it, you know, hits streaming and, and, and see it then. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not, I don't really care about, honestly, I don't really care about Vietnam movies. So, like, a part of me is like, I really, I'm not interested in seeing this movie in the first place. So, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd only be going for, quote, unquote, James Dean. So, yeah. I don't know. If that's the case, know. then I'll probably just wait till I can stream it and and see it more easily. But the De Niro thing got me. That, I thought that was really interesting. That is a great. That's an excellent point. So well, anyway, Frank, uh, beerwithgeeks.com, fa- Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash thought bubble audio for, you know, all your thought bubble audio needs. Uh, and um, rate review us. Rate review us on iTunes at Frank Ramblings at Timothy P13 on Twitter. All those things sound uh, lovely. So, um, Frank, this was uh, probably one of the more intellectual conversations we've ever had on the show, mm-hmm. you know, or it's mm-hmm. certainly the most philosophical, moral, quantifiably. Maybe mm-hmm. next time we talk about Frankenstein just for the heck of it. Just, um, to, just to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is what they're doing any different than what Dr. Frankenstein was doing? <laughs> you know, bringing people back from the dead. Yeah. Instead of the parts of dead men, it's cameras, you know. <laughs> Very good. All right. Yeah, I did that it there. Good to me. Excellent. Well, Frank, this was great. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>